Section 80 of The Mysteries of London, Volume 3. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Anthony Gerges. The Mysteries of London, Volume 3 by George W. M. Reynolds. Tim the Snammer and Josh Peddler Out on Business. He who delights in wandering amongst the mazes of the mighty city of London, this wilderness of brick and mortar, and who can view with the eye of a philosopher or a moralizer the various phases in which the metropolis is to be considered, may find ample food for reflection, and much changing interest of scene if he posts himself at that point in the borough of Southwark called Newington Butts. From this point diverge Blackman Street and Newington Road, the Borough Road and Horsemonger Lane. Blackman Street and the Newington Road constitute the great thoroughfare between London Bridge and the Elephant and Castle Tavern, and incalculable are the multitudes, innumerable are the vehicles which pass along the busy way. Oh, so busy, because the love of money and the love of pleasure cause all whose comings and goings, those hurryings hither and thither, those departures and those returns. What a tremendous conflict of interests, what a wondrous striving to accomplish objects in view, what an energy, what an activity, what an unwearied industry are denoted by a great thoroughfare like this. Nor less does that bustle speak of recreation and enjoyment, parties of pleasure to end in dissipation, amusement, diversion, and holidays, too often to be dearly paid for thereafter. Close by Newington Butts you behold a portion of the wall of the bench prison, with its chevaux de frise, denoting rather the criminal prison than a place of confinement for unfortunate person. What a horrible cruelty it is to incarcerate men who are unable to liquidate their liabilities, as if such immurement would place within the reach the philosopher's stone. Where one dishonest debtor finds his way thither, a dozen human beings who are enclosed within that gloomy wall would gladly willingly acquit themselves of their responsibilities if they had the means and shall the law be so framed that in order to punish one it must cruelly oppress twelve individuals is such a principle consistent with common sense justice or civilization many and many a heart has been broken within those walls many and many a fine spirit has been crushed down to the very dust and the man who went into that prison with honorable feelings and generous sympathies has gone forth prepared to play the part of a sneaking swindler for a creditor to lock his debtor up in prison is the same as if a master took away the tools from a mechanic and said now do your work as usual the legislature does not state this it allows an expensive process to take place so that the debtor who cannot originally pay fifty for instance has his liabilities immediately increased to sixty then when responding negatively to the demand for this larger sum he is taken away from the avocations by pursuing which he might obtain the means to settle with his creditor and is thrown into prison the routine is precisely this if a person cannot pay a debt you increase it for him and having increased it you tie his hands so that he shall never have no chance of paying it at all merciful heavens is this common sense the system of imprisonment for debt falls trebly hard upon the poor the gentleman, though reduced himself, has friends who can assist him, but the poor are too poor to aid each other. Then money can purchase bail when a schedule has been filed in the insolvencies court, but the poor man must languish in prison until his hearing. Oh, the advantages of the wealth or wealthy connections in this mercenary land! Oh, the benefits of being by birth a gentleman! 
It was about ten o'clock in the evening when Tim the Snammer and Josh Pedler encountered each other by appointment at Newington Butts, and, as it was yet too early for the business which they had in hand, they repaired to a public house hard by, where they drank porter, smoked pipes, and conversed, until the clock in the taproom denoted the hour of eleven. They then rose, paid their score, and took their departure, bending their way into Horsemonger Lane. Tim the Snammer now fell a few paces behind his comrade, Josh Pedler, who hurried a short distance up the lane, and stopped at the door of a house of mean, sordid, and sombre appearance. He knocked at the door, which was opened by an old and hideous-looking woman, holding in her hand a candle, by the light of which she surveyed the visitor in a very suspicious manner. "'I want to speak to the gentleman of the name of Bones which lives here,' said Josh, placing his foot with apparent carelessness, in such a way over the threshold that the door might not be shut against his inclination. "'Nah, such a person don't live here,' returned the woman gruffly, and she was about to close the door when Josh again addressed her. "'Well,' said he, "'if he don't pass by that name here, he does by another, and it's all the same. "'We ain't particular, ma'am, as to names, but my business is particular, though, "'and I've got an appointment with Mr. Benjamin Bones, or Old Death, "'or whatever else he calls hisself, or is called by others.' "'It ain't no use to stand and bother me, my good old man,' said the woman. "'Cause vas, no such a person lives here, I tell you, "'and I don't know such a person by such a name at all.' "'Humbug!' cried Josh, and giving a low short whistle he pushed into the house. A moment had not yet elapsed or Tim the Snammer was at his heel. The door was forcibly closed, the candle was wrestled from the old woman's hand, and she was threatened with throttling if she attempted to raise an alarm. The two men bound her with a cord and carried her into the room opening from the passage. They then left her, vowing with terrible oaths to return and do for her if she dared make the slightest disturbance. There isn't a room on the other side of the passage, is there, Tim? demanded Josh of his companion who carried the light. No, and now let's creep up the stairs as gentle as if we were mice, said the snammer. You've got your barkers, Tim? asked Paddler. Yes, and a damned good clasp knife, too, replied the ruffian, with a significant leer at his accomplice and speaking in a low whisper. I don't think we shall find anyone else in the house beside the old woman and Ben Bones himself, cause Mutton Face Sal is a devilish keen one, and she would have found it out if there were any lodgers. "'Well, cut upstairs, Tim,' said Josh Pedler, "'and don't let us be a-standin' here pabbling, "'or the old scamp may overhear us "'and get out of the back windows or some such a dodge. "'I'll go first, if you like.' "'No, I'll go first, Josh,' answered the stammer, "'for it's me that has got the most spite against the ancient villain.' "'With these words, Tim Splint crept cautiously up the narrow and dirty staircase, "'Josh Pedler following closely behind him. The robbers stopped at the door on the first landing and knocked, but no answer being returned, they broke it open in a few minutes by means of a small stout chisel such as a housebreakers are in the habit of using. "'Who's there?' cried the deep sepulchral voice of old Death as he started up from the armchair in which he had been taking a nap. "'It's only two of your friends,' returned Tim the Snammer. "'And as friends, you had better treat us too, or it'll be the worse for you.' "'I don't know that I've ever treated you in any way but as friends,' said Old Death, glancing somewhat uneasily from the one to the other. "'As for you, Tim, I can guess why you're angry with me, but I wasn't at liberty. It wasn't my own master, I can assure you. 
on that saturday when i promised to get you out of that jug or i should have kept my word but it's long a story to tell you now even if i was disposed to do so and so the shortest way to make us all right is for me to give you back the money that was placed in my hands by josh peddler and what'll pay me for the two months of quad that i had all through you you cheating old fence demanded tim splint placing his back against the door in a determined manner i couldn't help it tim i couldn't help it returned old death with a hideous grin and maybe maybe he said with a hesitation habitual to him i can put something in your way that will make up for the past well that looks like business at all events observed tim exchanging a rapid glance with his companion for it struck the two robbers at the same moment that they should perhaps act prudently to join old death in any enterprise which he may have in hand and then plunder him afterwards provided that the affair he had to propose gave promise of a better booty than that which they stood immediate chance of obtaining from him old death looked leisurely around the small mean and ill-furnished room as much as to say what can you possibly hope to get out of me for the meaning of the glances which he had observed to pass between the two robbers was perfectly well understood by him is the business you hinted at for to-night demanded josh peddler after a brief pause for to-night replied benjamin bones but sit down my good friends and maybe i can find a dram of brandy in the bottle for you thank you we'll stand old chap said the snammer but we shan't refuse the bingo for all that old death regaled his two visitors each with a wine glass full of brandy and then took a similar quantity himself yes he said continuing the discourse it is for to-night and a good thing may be made of it if you're staunch and resolute in fact i wanted to meet with a couple of such active fellows as you are for i've been sadly used lately in more ways than one well what is it demanded tim the snammer you know that we're the lads to do anything it ought to be done and i don't see the use of wasting time if the business is really for tonight i have had positive information continued old death his dark eyes gleaming snake-like behind the shaggy brows that overhung them that a gentleman who lives in a lonely house not many miles off this morning received a considerable sum of money at a banker's on a check which he had cashed there and in a few days he will pay it away to his creditors for he has been building a great number of houses in norwood and so i think added bones with a horrible chuckle and it would be just as well to anticipate him and you can rely on this information asked him the stammer come let us know all the particulars two or three days ago he took into his service a man named john jeffreys a groom who was lately in the household of sir christopher blunt said old death and this person sells his secrets to those who pay him best in plain terms he's in your pay exclaimed josh peddler well that's all right what's next 
nothing more that if you'd like to crack his crib you can do it tonight and i'll smash the notes which will be of no use to you till they're melted into gold answered old death thereby intimating to them first that he should take no active part in the business and secondly that it would not be worth their while to cheat him of his share of the plunder inasmuch as they were totally dependent on him for rendering the hoped-for booty at all available tim the slammer and josh pedlar consulted together for a few moments in low whispers but how do we know said the former suddenly turning round upon old death that this isn't all a cursed plant to get us out of your house here or maybe to inveigle us into some infernal trap eh answer us that read john jeffrey's note said old death coolly as he produced the letter from the pocket of his capacious old gray surtout coat tim the snammer and josh pedler accordingly read the contents of the paper which ran as follows this comes to tell you sir that master received a check for about twelve hundred pounds yesterday from sir henry courtenay a barrow knight and that master got it cash this morning at the bank which i know cause i got to go with him in the gig to the bank and i see him come out of the bank accountin his notes and i know he will pay it all away in two or three days to the builders and architects and carpenters at norwood anything you leave for me in a brown paper parcel at the ushaw crib will reach me your faithful servant j j satisfactory now exclaimed tin the snammer with an appealing glance to his comrade who nodded his head approvingly well continued the thief give us the necessary description of the place and we'll be off at once it's fortnight that we've got our tools about us which you have used against my miserable lodging observed old death with a grim smile however i would rather you'd have introduced yourselves in that way than not come at all for i should have let this matter he added pointing to jeffrey's note which now lay on the table go by without attending to it so it's lucky for us all that you did make your appearance and if you serve me well in this case you shall not want employment of my finding good again old tulip said tim the snammer and now tell us where this mr torrings lives or whatever his name is and we will lose no time old death gave the necessary explanation and the two men took their departure having first acquainted their employer with the condition in which they had left the old woman downstairs a piece of information which made him hasten to her rescue end of section eighty